Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Kylie Moog to the Diminutive Collection. Um, I'm Kieran. And I'm Christy G. Hello. <laughs> and normally we'd revisit some of Kylie's classic albums and relive her finer moments, as you guys probably are aware, um, and talk through that album. But today we're going to be talking a sp- sort of a special edition um, of the podcast, talking about Kylie's greatest hits. Um, the greatest hits that featured... 22 tracks, am I right, Christian? Yes, it did. Yep, 22 tracks. This was released <laughs> in August 92, so less than a year after the Let's Get To It um, album, and was her third number one album, if I'm correct, in the UK. And it was, this album was rounding off her PWL period, so... Uh, yes, her last contractual, uh, her last contractual album, isn't it? For those people who hadn't kind of uh, bought into Let's Get To It or uh, Rhythm of Love, they had a chance to own all the songs that had been on those albums and the previous two, um, and had them all in one place. Which is what Greatest Hits is. It's a place where you have all the great hits. I remember when this first came out thinking, oh, Greatest Hits after four albums, but I suppose that's quite common now, isn't it? Because um, I thought, you know, you probably need to do more albums than four albums for a greatest hits, but maybe that was just my kind of thinking as a 12-year-old at the time. Well, I guess, I mean, I think in the old days, people had greatest hits when they had careers of over 30 or 40 years, so you got the best of the best. Hmm. But I think back in the 90s, that was the beginning of the time where record companies could see money opportunities in, uh, in encapsulating some of these hits and then just, you know, even if they were recent hits. This album ended up selling 300,000 copies in the UK and was certified platinum. Um, and it, in Australia, we had a different cover we, um, huh? than, than the UK version. We had a kind of a, a sexier looking Kylie um, with these kind of sort of... The rainbow. Yeah, the vertical kind of rainbow, spelling out Kylie behind her. Um, so that was the, the album that I grew up with and then came to the UK and, and saw the kind of more sultry looking Kylie with, so she's like clutching her pearls. Um, Although the, there's no pearls around her neck there. I no. guess Michael Hutchins wasn't around at that point. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was a nice cover. I, I prefer our one. I do remember seeing the Australian one. I have to admit, I did think it was a bit cheap looking. It looked like it was a, it a bit like a children's album because of the bright colours and the... Do you think... Just a little bit, yeah. There's something about it that doesn't quite work for me. It looks very simple. It didn't look glamorous. Um, I'm not saying that the, the one that we got over here was particularly glamorous, but I mean, it has that nice orange hue in her hairs. She looks sophisticated. She looks beautiful. I wouldn't yeah. have chosen that picture as a Greatest Hits cover, I to add, but... Um, no. It's a I mean, bizarre choice, but hey. All the photos, well, the front and back one were Katrina Jeb, who um, obviously formed a, a very long-lasting relationship with Kylie and photographed her quite a lot during this period of her time. And I quite, you know, I've got the LP in front of me. If you open up the LP, I love that shot of her um, with her arms up above her head. With I think that would have been a better sort of... Well, I was about to say, I think you need a long body shot on the cover because it just seems weird to have just a headshot. And that picture there inside is absolutely stunning. So yeah. it's an amazing cover. Even the picture on the back where she's got that blue pool behind her is actually quite a lovely yes, a lovely image. But, but hey, we have what we have. And it was more about the music than it was about the cover image. Kylie's never given us great cover images in the early days, at least, because what we forgot to talk about in our last uh, <laughs> Let's Get To It um, uh, discussion is her single covers were terrible because she obviously mm. had some kind of work experience doing some of those covers because they were so <laughs> bad. They were so basic. And they didn't even take, uh, they didn't really use photo shoot pictures except for Word Is Out. 
the word is out looked good. I always have to say yeah, the word is out the, shot looked good. But, looked yeah, nice. but that came from, I assume that came from the album set of photographs. While the others were just pictures from the videos and just badly designed. They were horrible. But the cover image. I think the let's get, the, the let's get to it might have come from the same photography day that the shock photography came from because they're kind of very similar. Oh, and she's wearing the checker. Yeah, checkered. so it might have come from that day. They might have just repurposed it for this for that release. So I wonder if Kylie refused to do any new photo shoots for PWL, bearing in mind she was on the verge of leaving them. But, um, yeah. Anyway, who, knows? who knows? So this album features three brand new tracks. So we've got What Kind of Fool, Where in the World, and Celebration. So yes. which one should we talk about first? Should we talk about Where in the World? Well, let's talk about Celebration first, because that was a single. Oh, yeah, no, it was. But no, what kind of fool, what, oh. what kind, let's talk about What Kind of Fool first, because that was the first single. Cool. That was released in August 92, the same time as the album came out. So this went to number 14 in the UK and number 17 in Australia. And the video was directed by Greg, again, who, who did the, um, the videos before. I'm obsessed with this song, Christian. <laughs> I know it's not Kylie's favourite, but I am absolutely obsessed with it. Well, it was a refreshing change, wasn't it, from the last R&B album? So I remember hearing it and thinking, blimey, it sounds really old school Kylie. It sounds like and it was done in the Enjoy Yourself, Kylie. Yeah, it's that, it, yeah it sounded like she was done in that recording. It's pop joy, isn't it? I mean, I, I, it's one of my favourite songs. Even though at the time I did think to myself, oh God, it's a shame it's gone back to the... It's almost gone full circle. We've gone from perky pop, bubblegum pop Kylie through to sophisticated pop Kylie, uh, uh, R&B Kylie, and then we're back to cheap, titty pop Kylie. But <laughs> that's what makes that song so great because it's got no, no pretensions whatsoever. It's just a really good perky pop song with a bouncy production. It's got really great lyrics. I always thought, for some, in my head, I always thought it was a revenge track by uh, Mike and Pete because I thought to myself, they must have been so furious that she was off to the side of deconstruction, that they thought, you know, let's, let's cripple her credibility by making us sing a song that is so cheap, people will, people will have to try and erase it from their memories if they can. I think she wrote I this know. one with them, I think. I think she co-wrote this song with them, but it, she said it wasn't words. her favourite. I think words. She wrote words. I don't think she wrote any of the music. <laughs> she said, she, I didn't, didn't, she said, I, I don't particularly like What Kind of Fool, although I don't know if it was a song or my relationship with PW, PWL at the time. That she said in an interview. I mean, you can imagine, but when she was when she must have had that song played back to her, she must have thought, "Oh my God, what are they doing to me?" Because I guess she had. I mean, in her head, she was off to do. Well, she didn't know she was doing confide in me at that point, but she was off to do things that were going to be much more credible. And then to hear that song that has even it sounds even kind of perkier and cheaper then I should be so lucky in some ways because the, the instrument instrumentation on it just sounds more relentless and more ridiculous and more. Uh, well, I can't think of a word. <laughs> cheap, 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 cheap. Yeah, yeah, and I so love it for it. I don't know, um, and that's the thing. And the, and the remixes, the two remixes, are going for like nine minutes. I mean, they've got a kind of more solid baseline, and I love, I love listening to those songs. Um, I love the, those mixes. I think those mixes are, are brilliant, and it's a great song. And I, 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 I still listen to it now. To be honest, yeah. when I have when I have parties, I add it to my playlist. The, the film clip um, it features Kylie in these iconic kind of heart-shaped glasses mm. that uh, I, I read was paying homage to the 1956 film And God Created a Woman starring Bridget Bardot. And I think Bridget Bardot had such an, has had a massive influence on Kylie because obviously the way she looked in the Finer Feelings video, obviously the reference to Bridget Bardot in that film within this film clip and then her body language creative and look yeah. is very much Bridget Bardot. So there is a, it's, she plays a very kind of prominent 
fixture in Carly's career. Yeah, well, she seems to love um, a lot of kind of 60s. She has a lot of 60s influences. She's always been kind of slightly inspired by that. Um, yeah, she, she had control over the videos more than she had over the songs. So I guess she kind of, uh, whenever she worked with a director, she would kind of suggest her ideas for for that as well. So, um, yeah, the video is really good because, yeah, the, uh, the Bridget Bardot bit is where she's dancing on the table in front of that really handsome model. I think his name was Rob English at the time. Well, he probably is still Rob English. Yeah, unless he's changed his name, but he was Rob English then and he was very handsome. But, um, uh, yeah, the video is it's a really sophisticated video for a song that's so cheap. But um, in some ways it kind of works. So, I, I mean, I, I, it's one of my favourites. One of my favourites. And the video, so, it looks classy. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And But going talking about cheap, let's go on to Where in the World. Now, this song, it's a, it's a good song, but I felt like they were like, okay, we need another song on this greatest hits. Let's just dig into our archives. A demo that Sonia recorded, take <laughs> Sonia's vocal off and just put Kylie on it. Because it feels like there's nothing new here. It, I don't know. It, it's, it's very, it, it's, it, it's still great. It's still a good song, but it's nothing that was up to the level of you know rhythm of love or let's get to it or even enjoy yourself we feel like we're back into kylie 88 with this song it's a, it's a weird one um i disagree that it sounded like something that somebody else might have recorded because i don't think it sounded like anything uh that mike and matt would have written i think this is the beginning of the mike stock era where his music kind of went slightly more kind of uh sugary but yes. um there's something about this song that i really do like because it sounds very it sounds like you should be driving down the coastline in the south of France. And it's got that kind of, like, you feel like you're in Saint-Tropez and it's got this kind of, I don't know how to describe it, I just love it. Because it's got this, it feels holiday, it smells holiday. When I close my eyes, I, I smell sunshine, I smell suntan lotion. And I'm driving an open top car, which is dangerous because I haven't got a driving license. <laughs> and you've got your but, eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <'cause, laughs> <laughs> and maybe a little bit of sun lotion in it because I like to rub it on my ginger, ginger face. But um, no, I, I, it's one of my favourite songs. It is cheap. It is a little bit... I mean, I'd love to hear it produced. It sounds very... In a way, it sounds very 60s to me. I, I, I have a playlist on one of my iPod, on my iPod uh, where I have a lot of kind of songs like Girl from Ipanema and The Love Boat theme tune. Um, and it kind of fits in with that kind of Saint-Tropez drinking cocktails kind of song. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of merit to it. The one thing we forgot to say about what kind of fool, by the way, is there's a great mashup, isn't there? That has Madonna's Holiday. Are you aware of this? I know. Where have I been? There is a sensational mashup of those two songs, and it works phenomenally. And oh, I wish. Oh my god! I, I don't know who I am anymore. I wasn't aware of that. I want to hear it. I'm very disappointed, Kieran. I thought you knew everything about Kylie, but no, um, it was obviously a, a, a an unofficial mashup. But the songs gel together so brilliantly that um I, I just wish somebody had the guts to um release at the time but i think this is before people do lots of mashups like danny minogue did later on she did lots of songs that kind of did that but i mean i'm sure madonna would never have uh, let that happen if you haven't listened to it look it up on youtube somewhere it's on YouTube. i will i will do it's after amazing. this amazing it's amazing we'll amazing i would have liked her i would love to like going back to reproducing this song would you know, I, w I really want Kylie to do a volume two of the Abbey Road Sessions Ooh. and put like these rare kind of rarities and do these kind of fan favourite kind of songs on, on there and do different treatments because this would be a beautiful ballad. I agree. I think it would be, be, it'd be a lovely song. It, this lends itself well to lots of swirling strings. And, yes. Um, I can almost, 
in a way, God, I'm really pushing it now, but in a way, if it did have a lovely orchestra backing, I can imagine it being some kind of like more fun Bond theme in some ways. We could be using some kind of poolside uh, scene where James Bond is stripped to the waist and <laughs> seducing uh, a Bond girl somewhere. But I don't know. It would have, I would have loved to have seen a video to go with this. I think this would have been a fun video for Kylie to uh, produce for the song. Because I think she could have had a lot of fun doing it. The third and final single of this album is uh, another cover. This has been the fourth <laughs> cover of Kylie's career. And it went to number 20 in the UK and 21 in Oz, and that is Celebration. This single was chosen to mark the end of the partnership and to celebrate the past four to five years of, of, of PWL and Kylie. Well, Kylie always said she liked this song, didn't she? It's one of yeah. her favourite songs, the original version of it, Cool and the Gang. Um, I have to admit, this is, again, one of the, my least favourite Kylie songs. I don't think I've ever liked any covers that they've chosen for her. Uh, and this one in particular was a very poor choice. One, I just don't like the song. It's just too upbeat. It's too hands in the air. And secondly, the production was handed over to their kind of uh, sidekicks at PWL, Harding and Kerno. And it just sounds a little bit lacklustre and a bit cheap. And it feels like, oh, quick, can you rush that one out? Because we need to release a single. And I just, I was very disappointed that that was the final. Apparently, this song was recorded for the inclusion, and in, it was recorded in 91 for the inclusion of the Let's Get To It album, but it was left off oh. to be the first single, or to be the really? single for Greatest Hits, yeah. Oh my God. I, I find it particularly a terrible song. I like the video. The video is great. It's, it was filmed in Rio. In Brazil? Yeah, Rio. Yeah, Rio de Janeiro. Uh, apparently, it is fun, but apparently the, the, the people in the video are non-dancers. Apparently, Greg, again, directed by Greg, uh, went around and just scouted locals to be in the video and they did it, which is, a bring, I think it adds a little bit more fun element to it. Oh, that's interesting. That's nice, nice to know. There is a version on the 50 plus one album of oh, I love that album. Yeah, the, the, there's a techno rave remix of Celebration and I weirdly like that one more. And I think she, she um, performed that version on a show that was pre- presented by Normski, which was a cool dance program on BBC Two back in the day. And I remember she sang that version because it's got that kind of weird little kind of, um, not drum sound, but kind of a percussion sound that was in all the kind of trendy songs at the time. And I remember she performed that version. I thought that song sounds more meaty and bulky and I wish she'd released that as the main single. But um, yeah, the, the single version for me, it, it, it left me very cold. And I was really disappointed because I just thought Kylie had kind of done no wrong for me over the, over the years. And I just thought this was a, poor way to go out i'd rather have her had where in the world and then had celebration of the double a side or something it's just a, a very lackluster uh, entry and a very yeah. poor way to go out and, and clearly the fans thought so too yeah i mean you know there's no argument that pwl and like, you know, kylie made pwl a hell of a lot of money pete waterman said in an interview with the daily express in 96 that kylie was the best artist i had in my studio from day one she was absolutely brilliant so uh, you know obviously had a lot of time because I think at this time of their relationship was quite fraught and, you know, chilly. So I think he had a lot of time mm. to reflect um, on it. And, you know, I think Kylie felt like she had to move on and to try different styles of music and to work with new producers and songwriters. So I think, you know, the PWL era of Kylie was brilliant. But I think now we were at a point at this point thinking now, what would Kylie do next? And what is yeah. going to be the new, uh, you know, the new era of Kylie? And I'll, I remember being a little bit excited. I would say I think her development maybe was a little too fast. But, I, you know, she went from kind of Kylie uh, basic pop to kind of almost uh, cleverer pop in Enjoy Yourself. And then you had Club Kylie and R&B Kylie. And I think it just went a little bit too fast and she lost fans over, the, over that period of time. 
and I think she was going a little too far ahead. And I think Pete Waterman actually said something along the lines of, um, you know, uh, you, you give the fans what they want and you only give up when the fans don't want you anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I think she was kind of almost pushing the boundaries too much, um, which is no bad thing because as an artist, you want to spread your wings and you want to try as many different things as you want. And as you're growing as a, as a human being, you become, you know, you're more interested in things you hear around you. She was hanging out with, with club kids and Michael Hutchins and all these people. So, you, you know, how was she meant to be performing songs like What Kind of Fool when she was there in some some sex den with Michael Hutchins? I mean, it, you can play that as a, in the background, could you, while you're lighting up a joint or whatever they did in those rooms? I don't know. <laughs> She's singing Where in the World while they're all racking up a line of coke. Loves it. (laughs) Well, I would never say that they were doing that kind of narcotics, but you know. (laughs) Um, Okay, so from the three singles on this album, which ones should we be putting on to... The three three extra tracks? Yeah, three extra tracks, yes. Um, Definitive, diminutive collection. Um, Well, should we... One or two? Like, it's up to us. Like, I mean, is it worthy of two? I mean, I'm happy with just what kind of fool to go on there, but... Well, I would put what kind of fool and where in the where in the world? I would straight away. I'd say celebration is a Kylie Minogue. Yes, that's uh, the abomination. But I think what kind is of fool is is a brilliant song. I'm going to probably say celebration for me is a Kylie Smiley because I do like that one. There's oh. there's no Minogues on the three singles on this album. Well, three songs on this album for me. What is missing off this album, which I'm furious about, and I'd love to. I wish they'd included it. I know what you're going to say. It's Band Aid Two because. It is, I mean, although Kylie is one of an ensemble on the single, and it was a charity single, but it was still such a great stuff at Ken Waterman moment. And I know people kind of forget Band-Aid 2. And it's only in the past few years that it appeared on iTunes, so you could actually hear it again. But well, it is, did, did that get to I the top charts? Charts? Did, that, did that get it, to number one? It went to number one. So it came, in, it came out in 1989, so it was during Ken Waterman and Kylie's great year. And so uh, it, was, it was just really good. And I think it was, I prefer it to the, the original one. And if you compare it to the third and fourth ones that have a load of musos warbling over the song like their hearts are bleeding, the Kylie one, the Kylie Big Fun, Jason, Sonia, Lisa Stanfield, wet, wet, wet version. Bross. So, and Bross playing the drums as if they were, I mean, obviously Luke does play the drums, but I think they turned the volume down on his recording <laughs> because it sounded very much like his, uh, his counterpart, A. Lim. <laughs> that old machine. <laughs> So, um, Do you think A Lim was a person, or it was just the name of the machine that the drum no, machine? It, it, it was it was the name of the drum machine. But I love the cheek that on all, all their records they'd say drums A Lim. I just love that. It made me laugh so much that they used to kind of credit him or credit it rather credit the machine. See when, when, when you said there's one oh turn it into love is on this album. That's why it's another great album because I was just yes. going to mention that. Because it, it included the song, and I don't know. The Japanese hit "Turn It Into mm, Love." That's kind of like a bonus track to some people who might not have heard of it. It wasn't the most well-known song. Yes, love it. Was there anything? Was there anything missing on it? No, there wasn't. There's nothing missing. No, not really. That. I mean, it was. Right. This is the first time that, especially for you, was on a Kylie album because it was on Jason's Tango Reasons" before. But this is the very first time that yes. it would be on a Kylie album. Um, looking at the the tracks. Um, Made in Heaven's not on it, but that's that's the only thing that I would say would be missing from this album. Mm, that's true. I mean, I, I, I have a problem with great hits. I mean, I know there's three bonus tracks, but for goodness sake, you might as well throw all the B-sides on as well, because it's kind of like a nice closure to a period of time. But um, yeah, you're right. Made in Heaven. There's a video, for God's sake, which I've included it. Yeah. Well, obviously, I want to finish this um, special episode with another letter. So um, I've dug into the archives again, again, and we're going to be hearing from Kylie. 
it sort of tells us what Kylie is up to and has been up to at this point in her life. She's like, hi, I know it's been a long time since I've written and I'm sorry. Although it appears I've been doing nothing this year because I've been so quiet, nothing could be further from the truth. I finished with Stock Aiken and Waterman at PWL Records at the end of last year. It was most appropriate that our final single was Celebration. During my time with PWL, we released many great records and it was time to move on. I stayed with Mushroom Records in Australia and New Zealand, though. We're kind of family there. At the start of this year, I signed with my new label, Deconstruction, and couldn't be happier. Decon are possibly the world's most successful dance label and are absolutely wonderful to work with. We spent the first half of the year meeting songwriters and producers so that we could be sure of getting together with the right people. Over the last few months, they've had me locked away writing and recording with people like Brothers in Rhythm and Saint Irini. Hello. I can't read her writing there. I wish I could tell you when my next record is coming out, but I can't at this stage. Although I'm already halfway through the album, we don't want to make any decisions about the songs to release until we come up with an amazing album, which it will be. I'm very happy with the songs I've recorded so far, and I'm sure that you will love them. With a bit of luck, I may have something to release before the end of this year. As I now live in England, I have asked the UK fan club to look after all my fans in Australia and New Zealand from here. I don't think that the Australian fan club has been able to keep up. And I apologise that it may feel that you've been left out, but that's all fixed now. Anyway, thanks for sticking with me. I promise I'll make it worth your while. Lots of love, Kylie. So she's sacked Di. Die is no longer there. Poor Di's been fixed. She's <laughs> <laughs> got a tube tied. <laughs> as long as they haven't sent Carol round with a shotgun. Uh, oh, that was very sad. Poor, poor old Di. I hope she's, I hope she's still with us. No, if, um, anyone, if anyone out there knows Di or knows where Di ended up, please let us know at the Kylie Smiley podcast at gmail.com or let us know on our Instagram channel at the underscore diminutive underscore collection. Well, if you can't remember that, just search on Instagram, the diminutive collection. It comes up nice and easy. <laughs> <laughs> and it saves you all those underscores. But maybe Di is listening right, right now. And if she is listening right now, get in touch because we'll get you to read out some of your greatest letters. <laughs> <laughs> in your own voice um but yeah so just before we go uh, she obviously teases that her deconstruction years what were you thinking of when she had decided to leave pwl and was moving in a dance direction were you nervous were you scared were you excited i am i was excited because as a 12 year old living in bumfuck rural australia i had oh, no yeah, idea yeah. what who deconstruction was or brothers in rhythm or whoever who else these people were and i didn't have internet so um I was just excited that Kylie was, was doing something new and I, I didn't know what that was going to be or sound like. I was just excited that there's something new coming out from Kylie Minogue. Mm, I know. I was, because I was so used to PWL, I couldn't think of anything else I'd want to listen to. So I was quite apprehensive because I thought, oh, God, what's she going to do? Um, but then I was kind of excited because I thought, well, I, I, I was familiar with some of Brother and Rhythm songs and they were quite perky and poppy. So I thought, well, maybe she's kind of, maybe it'll be that kind of a nice kind of real fun dance floor, dance floor anthem, so not too far removed from what she was doing. Um, of course, when I heard the album, well, we'll have to find out next week what I thought about the album. But I... <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let, let's keep that for next week. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode. Um, please get in touch at the Kylie Smiley podcast at gmail.com or search on Instagram, The Diminutive Collection. Um, and thank you, Christian. My pleasure. And thank you, Karen. <laughs>